the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Am I on? I'm watching Tom Skilling prove that black isn't slimming at all. The traffic cone that he's become. What is happening to our news? I'm just confused by the outfits. The woman has on a like a like a snakeskin dress. I mean, am I watching the news or am I walking into the crazy horse? For God's sakes, I can't figure it out. You know, and if we're gonna have crazy horse uh, newscasters, let's make them during the weather. That's why I love that Telemundo. If we're gonna get bad news, shake it up a bit. You know what I mean? Because this is how I feel when we get dragged into talking about disgrace gate. I hate it. Can I tell you I hate it? Because it's not gonna get anywhere. It's not leading anywhere. It is raising money. For political parties. That's what this is. And you listen to the star witnesses in between breaks. Have you ever seen a group take more breaks? I mean, I don't work for a municipality, but this seems like a lot of breaks to me. Seems ridiculous. And they had their big star witness on. Now, this is the Stepford Vice President. That's what I call Mike Pence. You know, Stepford Vice President because he looks perfect. Doesn't he look like he was dropped off by aliens? I love him. Sure, he's wonderful. Never eats lunch without anybody but his wife. Boy. He's a better man than I am. I'll tell you that right now. I can't even stand eating lunch with my wife. Am I silly that way? All right. You know, my favorite sons. Table for one, please. All right. Here she is. Mike Pence's assistant, who I'm sure never had lunch with Mike Pence. Prior to July 25th, I had participated in roughly a dozen other presidential phone calls. During my closed door deposition, members of the committee asked about my personal views and whether I had any concerns about the July 25th call. As I testified then, I found the July 25th phone call unusual because in contrast to other presidential calls I had observed, it involved discussion of what appeared to be a domestic political matter. After the July 25th call, I provided an update in the vice president's daily briefing book indicating that President Trump had a call that day with President Zelensky. A hard copy of the memorandum transcribing the call was also included in the book. I do not know whether the vice president reviewed my update or the transcript. I did not discuss the July 25th call with the vice president or any of my colleagues in the office of the vice president or the NSC. On August 29th, I learned that the vice president would be traveling to Poland to meet with President Zelensky on September 1st. At the September 1st meeting, which I attended, President Zelensky asked the vice president about news articles reporting a hold on U.S. security assistance for Ukraine. The vice president responded that Ukraine had the United States unwavering support and promised to relay their conversation to President Trump that night. During the September 1st meeting, neither the vice president nor President Zelensky mentioned the specific investigations discussed during the July 25th phone call. Okay, how much does that cost us? How much is this whole thing costing us? You know, that's what I'm thinking about as I watch this. What is this whole thing costing us? And this is the earth-shattering testimony that we are told is going to change everyone's opinion and change the, the way in which we view the abuse of power rather than, do you know, Venus, how, uh, how, what, what the military aid is and how it works? 
Do you ever know? Do you know what this is? Everybody thinks we're like it's we're giving them a bunch of cash and they could, you know, do what they want. We're extending them. The American people are extending them credit and money specifically to buy weapons from our weapons manufacturers. To me, that's the scandal. To me, that's the scandal. I mean, am I am I so detached from from uh, what I think foreign policy should be to what it is where I'm more offended at the at at the act of what this money goes for that we're in essence subsidizing weapons purchases and that to me that is a far bigger scandal than any of this i'll be quite honest with you i i I know it's it's bombastic but uh to make sure and the excuses come flying in and the special guests come up i don't find that to be the scandal of the actual way in which our foreign aid and support for the system goes i don't care whether it's Zelensky, whether it's the old guy i find the whole thing to be rather distasteful. Fact of the matter is the American people are subsidizing countries around the world. And we're subsidizing them only if they purchase our stuff. It's as diabolical to me as the rest of these policies where we're, in essence, subsidizing foreign countries that hate us and pretending that them buying our things is somehow good. And you realize as you pan back, just what a, 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 a hypocrisy all of this is. Why not just give them the weapons? Why have all this drama? I'm going to give you the money. I'm going to let you pretend you're buying them from us. Then we're going to give you the thing, the weapons, and then you're never going to pay us back. And we're going to call it a loan. Just like all of the other banking scandals that we're participating in. All the other foreign aid scandals. And the fact of the matter is, If you're tied up over the phone call or the not phone call, what happened in this phone call that is worthy of impeachment? Because what it looks like is it's becoming clearly evident this is a political fundraiser and nothing more. And this is going to go on for months and months and months. And in the meantime, what should be getting the headlines is another continuing resolution. What should be getting the headlines is that more and more ridiculous nonsense borrowing spending and quantitative easing is going on and it's all right here in the bill and it happened while the entire nation was tuned in to this charade where we witness just how ineffective how inept our government is and if you don't think they're inept did you happen to see um the wrap-up when they uh they're on the chris matthews show with that uh, democrat swallow listen this is great Taxpayer dollars to ask the Ukrainians to help them cheat an election. What? And the complaint that? that I've heard from Republicans. I thought that that was actually like someone making fun, like an onion story. This guy's doing an interview and he's sharded. That's clearly sharding. This is an interview on a major show. I think it is. You guys are running things. I just want to make sure, Swabble. You're, 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 you're running things? Let me just make sure. Taxpayer dollars to ask the Ukrainians to help them cheat an election. And the complaint that I've heard from Republicans... Let me tell you something, kid. I'm married 20 years. My wife does that. I'm leaving. Keep the shoes and everything. Get out of here. What are you, nuts? How did, and he, you know what the, the scary thing is? He didn't break face. Nothing. He went on like nothing ever happened. Somebody capable, somebody capable of doing that and not changing their face fluctuations or being embarrassed at all should be arrested. I'm not a prison guy, but throw that son of a gun in jail because he's in charge. Of, he's a congressman. 
Are you out of your mind? Just despicable. All right, let's go to on that on that note. Let's go to the phone lines. Randy Crown Point, how are you, buddy? I'm doing all right, Sean. Good evening. Hey, you know, for this foreign aid nonsense for these countries like Ukraine, I have nothing against Ukraine. I don't live there, so it ain't my problem. They need money to buy missiles or to buy protection. Oh, I think we lost Andy. Check. We will then send our military over there to protect them. See, I don't they like, need to oh. be paying us to protect them. Oh, this see, is crazy anymore. You know what that means? You're like one of the five families. That's how New York got started. You're one of the five families. You want to just... I'm not for that either. We got a military that's very specific. It's for America. So I'm not for that interventionism, and I'm not for muscle on the street. Listen, I mean, call me silly, but that's not what our government's supposed to be. If the Ukraine's got a problem with Russia, work it out, kid. Work it out. I don't care. Is it cold? I'm sorry. But I think before we send them your money, my money, the kid in there's money, and everybody's money, or even more diabolical, before we create debt to strap on to, to generations yet to come, we don't give them anything. Work it out with Russia. Good luck. You wanted to be separate. Good luck. Sorry. It's just the way I feel. And then we could stop pretending that Russia is not the Soviet Union. Not trying to put each other back together, trying to put communism back together under the new hybrid where only Putin and the oligarchs cash out. Chuck Gullivan, how are you, buddy? Hey, it's Chuck from Gullivan. Uh, uh, I used to live in Crown Point, where that guy was from. Hey, uh, I agree with you about not having a military there. Hey, the reason why they do that stuff where they take so many breaks, they say that, like, with litigation or anything, like, if you sit, and talk for an hour like that, and you get cross-examined, that's the same as eight hours of hard work, yeah. hard labor. Really? So that's why they got to take so many breaks all the time. And uh, But I did check out my calendar on uh, July the 25th. I actually, somebody in the United States did get something accomplished. I uh, castrated 20 uh, hogs on my farm. So uh, thank you for letting me talk. Well, you're way too efficient to ever work for the government. To me, this is the real shame of things. I'm, I'm not kidding you. This is the big earth-shattering impeachment inquiry, right? And they hide behind these words, and you see these, this parliamentary procedure, and you see that the only thing, much like every other, you look at the people behind them. Look at their staff. Look at how many people it takes for these congressmen to pretend to be relevant. Taxpayer dollars to ask the Ukrainians to help them cheat an election. There you go. And the complaint Now that guy's got his staff. They're helping them with questions. How dignified. And I, the audacity, he'll sit up behind something that says the Honorable. Oh, you're quite honorable. The Honorable Swalwell. Moron. Jay, thanks for calling the show. How are you, buddy? Oh, I'm fantastic, Sean. I, I enjoy your uh, banter because I think it's hilarious, and I completely agree with you most of the time. But uh, I just want to keep hearing that Swalwell fart over and over and over again because this whole entire charade is nothing but a big fart. It's just ridiculous to me. It's ridiculous to me. Are you not wondering about why doesn't anyone, when they talk about, you notice how even the newscasters, when they talk about this, they call it military aid. And I'm curious. It's really just a credit line for you to buy weapons. It's not really aid. Right. We're extending you exactly. a credit line. And why is why is that not and the how topic? How can we do that? How can we do it? We're how broke. How can we do that? We are broke, exactly. And then we have this continuing revolution. You know what that is. I, I, That's a big old... Listen, oh. listen to this. You want to hear something really... And it goes under the, the cover of darkness. Under the cover of darkness because of this stupid charade that just gets slipped in there. Oh, by the way, we're going to extend our credit to ourselves and bury ourselves some more for another two months. Who's the, who's the currency manipulator here, brother? We are. 
It's not China. The worst currency manipulator on the planet is the United States of America. And I'll tell you another thing nobody talks about. The spending this far under Trump is up 13% higher than Obama. Just released. In conservative review, which normally touts the the talking points, 13% higher than Obama when we were mad. And you're worried about, oh, did he did he hold the aid for this or that? What about what you guys are doing to the to the kids of this country, to the future, and how you're demoralizing it? You, and you're pointing to the how market. How about you hold the aid forever? How about you hold the aid forever? Because we don't have it. Jay, you realize me, you, maybe seven other callers into the show, and I guess we'll take Dan <laughs> Prof to make sure we edit all the bills properly. We go into Washington. You give us 35 days, we fix this. I'm not kidding you. First thing you do is stop spending every dollar overseas to anybody else. Stop right there. Let's reevaluate it. And what happened to all the the talk when Trump was running? We're going to audit the Fed. You notice how the Fed has taken the position of now they're having private meetings yesterday, met privately with Trump to talk about lowering the rate again. I'm telling you, brother, I don't like the scam. I really don't. And I wish we could change things because to me, as men, this is our job right now. This is the age when you say, look it, if we're going to make things better, you're going to change the failure policies. Otherwise, you're going to turn this whole country into Chicago. I mean, really, that's my biggest fear. Yeah. Listen, Jay, and thanks. where do we go? Oh, you know what I mean? When, oh. when that becomes it, where do we go? We go to a beach, somewhere it. where there's thongs and tans. All right, we'll be there. Uh, 312-642-5600. I went long. We'll be back after the break. Right after breakfast, continuing resolution. Guess how much? $1.37 trillion among 12 bills. That's it. <laughs> and you know why I'm mad? Pete Buttigieg, he's up 10% over the other nitwits. You realize how bad this is going to be? We're going to look back here and say this is the best it was ever. I mean, it's just we are facing a tsunami of unmitigated implosion and failure we're going to look at venezuela and say well at least they got good weather i mean it's just it's insane let's clean up the lines because i have a guest coming on uh ed morrissey oh yeah from hot air i love ed morrissey and i need him to explain it to me because i hate watching this this disgrace gate i I really do i can't even stand watching i mean i know it's crazy but kyle help me am i crazy maybe Uh i no, no. Well, I mean, you're crazy, but not in this sense. Right, I'm going right. to do this whole quick rant without farting myself like he was on TV. If you do. We're so breaking one, up. I'm talking about the. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> one, if we had a if we had a libertarian or independent candidate that was attractive as their ideas versus all these schmucks, the world would be better off. Two, in terms of the uh, nation building and funding, who's going to fund Blackwater if we don't get put all that money over there? Yeah, but tr- nonetheless, you have a good one. Thank you. Trillion dollar contract, Blackwater. Trillion dollar contract. Oh, they got one with China too. So it work with us and then in China, huh? and the trade is the bad thing, right? Where I want, where I want, if I want to buy my jacket on sale, I'm the bad guy. You believe what things have happened? The intellectual dishonesty. I have a dear friend of mine, best friend. I love him to death. Gone, baby. He is just completely gone. All right, all into this populism BS. It is insane, and they use those words. And I'm going to tell you, like I told you before, never trust anyone who says faith, believe. And trust in a person. Do you know why Socrates hated democracy? You know that, right? Socrates? I like to find out. You know, I love the old Greek philosophers. I do. So they walked around in sheets and they pulled it off. It's hard to do today. Brilliant son of a gun. Him, Aristotle, brilliant. He hated democracy because he said, 
you're letting a bunch of stupid people vote on who's going to run everything or who's going to going to occupy very important offices that deal with spending, that deal with policy, that deal with really the, 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 the protection of the citizen's freedom. And if you continue to do that, you are going to have the collapse of society and the implementation of a totalitarian regime every time. You know, it may take different time periods, but sooner or later, the stupid people will overcome the, the, the people who are invested, who, who, who use their knowledge, who understand the issues. And you know what that son of a bitch, you know what that got him? You think that would get him some accolades? You know what it got him? Killed. They killed him. I'm not kidding you. They said he was, he was ruining and giving bad ideas to the youth. And guess how they killed him? They took a vote just for the ultimate hoisted by his own petard. <laughs> they voted on it, and he lost by four points. All right, Jim, thanks for calling the show. How are you? You know what, Sean? The thing is, is this: is that who do you know who you're invested in? You know, back going back in the late seventies, you know, we had a local bank, and and uh, it was owned by Arabs. My do- my uh, sister, older sister, worked there, and it was all, all, all owned by the Saudis. Okay, mm-hmm. so but you you thought it was a hometown bank, right? So, what any public and that's a private. No, no. How about these public enterprises? Do we know? Anything yeah. about who who is uh, who you're investing in? You know who the main owner of Citibank is? Same Saudis. No. Prince Blinky, Al Weedy, the guy with the blinking problem. Yeah, him. He owns Citibank. So I mean, the answer, the, the thing, Jim, is the banking is an interesting topic. Okay, because notice what's happened to banking specifically in the last decade. It's a shadow nationalization of banking. They used the collapse in 2008 to eliminate the idea you could ever have small banks again. So what they did is they took advantage of that, that emergency, that situation. They paid off all their friends. We bailed out everybody. And they made it impossible for there ever to be local banking, at least if the, if the guy wants to be profitable, unless they have some very deep pockets. And that's why you've got about, what, six major banks handle over 80% of all deposits? Where prior, prior to 20, uh, or, uh, 2008, it was, in the, it was in nearly hundreds, and now we've got six. So there's to your argument, Jim. You never really know, and you know why? Because we have allowed government to have a silent nationalization of our economy, and that's why I'm so against it when we do it. And we always do it the same way that the, the, that the socialist does it. We do it under patriotism. We do it under false virtue. Right. We want it to be better for everybody. You know, that's why yesterday I was so massively offended at Marco Rubio. What we need is to restore common good capitalism. What the hell is that? That's the same. That's the same nonsense as AOC. And that's this is the conservatives. And as I talk about this thing, that's why I didn't want to you know, just spend the whole show talking about these dimwits with their with their Brooks Brothers suits. And apparently they're stained underpants. I didn't want to talk about them. Because as this is the flash, this is the this is why the magician has the has the sexy assistant. Look at her while the magic goes on. And today, without a peep, I haven't heard it on any other show. I haven't seen it on any other television. You just continuing resolution. One point three seven trillion dollars. Don't worry, we'll work it out later. One point seven one point three seven trillion dollars. That used to be stuff that started conservative movements. Now we just eh, that's okay. We're we're having meetings. With, with an institution 
that is neither federal or a reserve that was supposed to work completely separate from government policy. It sure looks hand in glove to me, doesn't it? And in the meantime, we're all distracted on who's a Republican and who's a Democrat and how fast we can write the check to these parties. When to me, the main thing is you, you're the only thing to ever be restrained in this country is government. The only person, the only people ever to be restrained are politicians. Does it feel that way to you as you look at everyone beyond reproach? 312-642-5600. We will be back. I do have Ed Morrissey. Looking forward to it. I want to let the people digest the music, baby. We've had a long time to talk about this grace gate. This thing's going to go on for months. The money's going to come pouring in. And we're going to have an expert come on. Ed Morrissey, senior editor of Hot Air, which is my home screen on my phone. When I log on to the internet, that's it. I love Big fan of Hot Air. He's also the host of the Ed Morrissey Show. He is the Huel Brenner of conservative news reporting. How are you, Ed? Great, great to be on with you, Sean. I've never been described as the Yule Brenner of anything. So, I like, hey, I, I guess that hairstyle is really working out for me. I like to stand out in people's minds. I just sit up there with your arms on your side when you give the reports from now on. Um, I can't even focus anymore on this disgrace gate. And I'm going to tell you right now why. It just seems to me like the greatest publicly funded political campaign uh, uh, contribution ad ever run in history. And if you're a Republican... You're locked in, baby. And if you're a Democrat, you're locked in. And the old ladies are writing checks and the companies are getting scared. Am I crazy? No, I don't think you're crazy. I, mean, I think, I think you, you, you've, got it, you've got it exactly correct. Wow. Interview's over. How do you like that? Done. Piece of cake. <laughs> I, 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 I aim to please, man. I, I aim to please. Thanks, thanks. You know, and, and it, it was so exciting to see the, the, the information and Secret Empires come out. Because when I first read Secret Empires, and you go through the, the litany, the crime family that our government has become, and how it's corruption via proxy, and you see how Kerry's kid and Joe Biden's kid, nitwits in their own right, and how they're making the money, and you're all excited, and I'm, I'm like, finally we got them. And then, what, two months later, you find out Rudy and his moron crew is setting up the same thing. They're not really outraged at what's going on. They just want in on the Barishma scam. Ed, it makes me want to punch strangers. Am I crazy? Well, you know, and this is part of the problem with, with the whole thing with impeachment is that nobody's really a, a, a great actor. <laughs> yeah. there's, there's no Mr. Clean, if I can extend the whole shaved head thing for a little bit while longer mm-hmm. in this. Uh, you know, what Rudy was doing is kind of inexplicable. I mean, clearly he's in there trying to dig up dirt on the Bidens, in, in part to throw shade at Hillary Clinton for digging up dirt on, on Donald Trump and to kneecap Joe Biden in the 2020 election. And, and, and then you have everybody sitting around claiming that this is somehow horrible and unusual, even though everybody else apparently has done it before. And you get to the point, Sean, where you think, isn't this why voters sort of revolted against the establishments of both parties in 2016 is to get rid of stuff like this? I was so shocked that when we learned that they had Energy 45, Rick Perry, and the, all his contributors, they're setting up the same oil scam. I mean, I'm just, I'm blown away by the, by the whole thing. And it makes me wonder, I wish we had a camera in John Gotti's coffin, because I'm sure he's laughing. He knew what Rudy Giuliani <laughs> just wanted to be a gangster. It's unbelievable to me. And I'm thinking, I, I remember the 80s. You know, I'm, I'm watching it, and Rudy Giuliani is like Elliot Ness. And you realize he just wanted in on the scam. I'm, I'm amazed at how stupid he is with the two Ukrainian guys, the, the lackeys, the bagmen. 
And I wanted to just be able to run with the corruption in the in the uh, Obama Biden camp that we all knew how all their friends became investment bankers. I mean, here in Chicago, you really had to see it at. Because, you know, Obama's friends, most of whom couldn't spell investment bank if I gave them the I and the B, all of a sudden opened up investment banks and, and, and were billionaires overnight. And it's like, come on. Are you kidding me? It's just a scam. And now here we are. And you find out the good guys aren't really that good. And now we got the impeachment hearing going down. And to me, this is all it's leading up to. And at the end, it'll be a draw. And if you were on the, on the D side, you're a D. And if you were on the R side, you're an R. And in the meantime, we, me, you, and our kids... We're going to keep getting stuck with these continuing resolutions that passed today. That's, that, to me, is infuriating. Well, here's, here's where I have a glimmer of hope. And, and you, can, you can call me a, a, a raging, foolish optimist, if you will, but here's where I have a glimmer of hope, is that nobody was talking about any of this stuff uh, prior to this year, right? I mean, it was all very much sotto voce, it was under the radar, you know, mm-hmm. occasionally you'd hear about Hunter Biden and John Kerry's stepson, um, Christopher Heinz, uh, doing these things, but it never really got a lot of attention, and nobody's really bringing it up. Now everybody's talking about it on both sides, and I think it's going to be a lot harder, um, a lot more difficult, I think, to keep this stuff under wraps in the future. I think people are, now that people are sort of awake to this, and awake to that, it's, this is sort of the game on both sides. Um, I think it's going to be more difficult to keep it back under wraps, put it back under wraps. And, and even if Donald Trump doesn't turn out to be the populist you know, hero that people had hoped, I, I think that what you're going to see here is voters continuing to look for people who are outside the system to come in and try to, um, try to keep bringing this stuff out into the light. There's some value at least in that. You know why I'm nervous, too? I don't want to be a socialist. And if you look at these others, this other side, it is insane to me how radical... All of them are. And when they point to the centrist, Pete Buttigieg, I mean, this this kid doesn't know if it's Tuesday or July. And you're going to be telling me things? I am just amazed at the weakness in the people who could hypothetically be our next president. And while I recognize that our presidency has truly become a king, as you see all of the powers that are now held by this office, you know, I'm terrified for my kids. I got two little girls. They're going to, you know, they're not that little anymore, but they're going to have kids one day. And I'm concerned. We forgot. We took our eye off the ball. And we're now, it just seems to me, we're comfortable being part of the flock. And I don't know how to make it stop. You think it'll stop after Trump? Do I think it will stop after Trump? I'm not sure if it's going to stop that soon. But again, I think here you've got an opening to have those types of conversations. Right. I think you have an opening now to where both parties have seen that there's too much power accruing to the to the executive. Uh, Let me let me step back from that statement. Let me let me put it this way. I think that both both sides see that there's an imbalance in power. Right. Mm -hmm. And one side wants to address it by cutting the authority of the federal government, rebalancing. Uh, according to the Constitution, the other side wants to solve it by just throwing all the power to the federal government and and um, eliminating all of the subsidiarity that we've built into our system over the last 200 and some years. And and I, I think that's a battle that's worth engaging. I think that's a debate that's worth engaging. I don't think it's. Uh, I think that every age has its own corruptions, and this is maybe a little bit worse than what we've seen in the past. Um, 
it's getting dug out into the light, and that's fine. I think that the better debate that's going to be had is how do you solve it? Because you can't solve it just by jailing Hunter Biden. You can't solve it just by jailing, you know, Jared Kushner, if that comes up. Uh, because that doesn't, it doesn't work. It just uh, all it does is take care of one person. You need to you need to fix the system so it doesn't. You don't have that type of corruption. And the best way to do that is to devolve authority and uh, power back down to the states, which is what the original design was supposed to be, and have Congress only really uh, uh, authority over truly trans, you know, national, international, and trans state uh, issues. And and I think that is a debate that we should be having in this moment. And you know what frightens me a little bit is that we're I'm here in Chicago. You got to always remember when you talk to us, we are the spear tip of failure of the socialist corrupt democrat. This is we're living it. And when we look around and see our fellow citizen who has been so corrupted we have these little nooks of areas where the same crime boss, they call him a, an alderman or a, a state rep, whatever it is. They've been there for 50 years. And you realize it seems to me that the people, the character of the American isn't about being the um, embodying the Americanism that made the country great. 90% of people don't even know what capitalism is, and they're wooed by populism or they're wooed by socialism. So I'm just going to ask you, I, you know, I do sell real estate in South Florida. I've got a little nook in Naples, Florida. I picked out a spot. I'm going to have a condo for you to rent. You see, this is a long way for me to work in my commission because I think we're going to have to do like a little gulch gulch, and you come there, we'll have our show. But if I want to see your show now, how do I see it? Where do I go? Go to hotair.com, and I have it on Tuesdays and Thursdays in the afternoons. And, uh, and sometimes I'll do other uh, interviews ad hoc, and those will appear in our uh, new VIP section. Oh, do I got to pay in the VIP section? I hear you're a capitalist. You do, but it's awesome. You get, right. uh, a lot of, uh, there's there's going to be a lot of uh, value-added content, and there's going to be uh, there's a VIP program across the entire Town Hall Media Group okay. where you get access to all of our different sites. The, oh. most, of our, most of our content is still going to be free and clear and not paywall, but we're going to try to have some value-added content well, uh, coming up very soon. I'm going to figure out how to start up one of those uh, uh, political 501c3s and then get some of this new continuing resolution money and pay for the VIP. Thank you very much, Ed, for joining me. <laughs> I hope we do it again soon. Thank you very much. 312-642-5600. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. <laughs> I tell the guy it's my favorite song, and every hour, I love it. Um... So I go outside and Misty's like, you do know we had him on to talk about the impeachment. This isn't an impeachment, though. That's why I don't want to waste any time. We're going to put up with this for five months minimum. Minimum. This is the impeachment inquiry. They're calling up people. Half of them didn't hear anything. Half of them don't know anything. I don't I mean, did you hear anything? No. Do you know anything? No. Why are you here? I don't like them. Okay, good. And as far as the guy in the, in the uniform, you know, I was going to talk about that. But I remember in my old neighborhood, we had a policeman, and he was an old-timer. I mean, he had been on for a 1,000 years, right? His toupee was so bad, it needed like a collar and a leash. You could have swore it was a dog sleeping on his head. And on his days off, he was so cheap, he would put on his, his policeman top, oh, yeah, to go through the drive-thru and get the meal for Zanzanenzi. Nothing. And it reminds me of what we're seeing. I know the guy's in the military. I know he's a lieutenant colonel. I get it. But he wants, he wants to, why would you put that on? In this particular instance. And it's very simple to me. He wants to invoke an emotion of beyond reproach, of character, of, of truth. And what, I mean, 
the biggest thing to me with this impeachment, their strategy is really simple. They're just going to inundate you to wear you out and hope that you're so disgusted by it, you don't vote and you don't support Trump if you did. Now, I don't support Trumponomics, but I certainly am terrified of these communists calling themselves Democrats who are pretending to be socialists. I hate them. So to me, is there enough of us to hold off the Trotskyites? I'm hoping, but the only thing we have on our side, number one, as you talk to Morrissey, I do believe there is optimism here, is the absolute unmitigated flailing of what we're witnessing in the Democrat Party. When you could have a guy who is a failed mayor of a town, I'm sorry, he is. I don't think I don't see a big deal about the South Bend. And all of a sudden, the, a major political party is saying, "Well, we obviously can't go with the three favorites." I don't even know if Joe Biden's still alive. I mean, it, it, it's ridiculous that anyone would look at this guy and think, "Yes, there's my candidate." Went to driver's ed in 1958. 58 driver's ed. Elizabeth Warren, liar. Got a plan. Got a plan? Sure you got a plan. Because it's a scheme. Like everything else in your life, you liar. You don't have a plan. You got a con. Been lying since before you were out of your uh, training, bra. Yeah, I know. Anyway, it's just disgusting to me. And as I remember, because I love politics, I've been paying attention forever. You remember um, when the Democrats were running a scam in the 70s? I do. We need to have... Uh, a realization that we've got a, about 35 years worth of oil left in the whole world. 35 we're years worth of oil. And we're going to run out of oil. Mr. Nixon made his famous uh, speech on Operation Independence. We were importing about 35% of our oil. Now we've increased that amount 25%. We now import about 44% of our oil. We need to shift from oil to coal. We need to concentrate our research and development effort on uh, coal burning and extraction that's safe for miners, that also is clean burning. We need to shift very strongly toward solar energy and have strict conservation measures. And then as a last resort only, continue to use atomic power. I would certainly uh, not cut out atomic power altogether. We can't afford to give up that opportunity until later. 45 years ago, they still got the same nonsense. That's from 45 years ago. Jimmy Carter, they're running on the same thing. Why don't they dust him off, take him off the life machine, let him run? I mean, at least he knows what kind of car he's got. Joe Biden doesn't know if it's Tuesday or July. Tax absurdity by Pritzker. Did you see it? Before we get everyone disgusted, let's clean up the phone lines from my Ed Morrissey. And my last hour, let's go to Nadine. I love the name. Nadine, how are you? Hi, Nadine. Our minds distracted. What happened? So we don't take control of the things right in our neighborhood that we could take care of. I think you're right, Nadine. I really do. Love the deep, very Suzanne Plachetti, huh? I think she was flirting with me. You think Nadine was flirting with me? I think there was a little flirting going on. 
She's only human. Peter, thanks for calling the show. How are you? Hey, Sean, how are you? Hey, listen, I was watching the Sunday shows and saw Scissor Ann Pelosi, and she was almost backing off impeachment with my ass. She said, well, don't forget, this is just an inquiry. I think she's starting to realize it's really going to get them in the end and you know if who, they continue down this road. I'm going to tell you something, Peter. I agree with you. I think they are in. They're the ones that are over their head. How She said Trump was over their head. Oh. They're the ones who are over their no, head no, because. No. Go ahead. Well, no question. Um, and she never backs off. She she throws the bombs out there. But this, you could tell in her voice and her demeanor that she was just saying, oh, we're just looking into it. If they actually pull the trigger on this, it's going to come back. And what we need to do, Sean, is we need to win the House, keep the Senate, keep the presidency. And then we need to wipe out this Democratic uh, Party as we know it today and rebuild it to like a Tip O'Neill Democratic Party. Uh, these guys have just, as you said, they're communists disguised as... You know, Peter, you sound like you pay attention, so I'm going to ask you this question. I'm not going to let you hang up. What do you think of that? A little interview for Peter. Oh, now you're putting the pressure on I'm putting the pressure on you, and I'll tell you what I mean. Populism was originally a Democrat Party platform. Populism, the economic scheme of populism, right? I think Trump, what he did was brilliant and bad all at the same time. Brilliant because Donald Trump managed to seize the Democrat working man. Because this is, this is who this, this populism applies to, is the union-working sure. Democrat or the guy who doesn't understand the, the beauty and the simplicity in, in, in a free market system and wants to just feel very patriotic. So populism invokes all of these things. I think that the Democrats realized this guy stole a big part of our base. And in order to get it back, she, Nancy Pelosi, listened to some radical socialists in AOC and the squad and all the freaks, the Bernie Sanders crew. And I think she was wooed into starting this and now is hoping to stumble onto something and hired their version of a, of a hitman in the pencil neck geek shift. That's what I think. Well, they went too far. They went too far. They finally, I know they're not going to get those people back. And I'll tell you, as you said, Trump used that. And you know, my preference wouldn't have been Trump the first round, but, you know, I think it was the right man at the right time to keep it out of Hillary's hands. God forbid she would have gotten control. Oh, I, I can't even imagine. Yeah, yeah. I can't. Yeah, even, it, the, it would have been horrible. Yeah, the Duchess of Chaffington would have been very much worse. And I agree with that. The problem is, and, I'm, and thank you, by the way, Peter, for calling the show. 312-642-5600. The problem I have is with this whole thing is populism is a failed system. Populism is the last desperate move of a failing nation populism is a closed off protectionist system that's built primarily on redistribution and on manipulation i was hoping that trump obviously i think he's a smart guy i really do i was hoping he knew that it would get him in the white house and that he would back off of it and try to correct the trajectory of spending and debt and failure that's what i had hoped (sighs) wrong Wrong. And in the meantime, you know, the headlines that come out every day, the ones that don't get on the news or uh, real any play, even on the on the opposition to Trump, because they they, too, are Keynesian populists. So they don't want to even let let it out on their end. What's happening is they're just ignoring the fact that the supply chain are, are, chains have been broken. They're ignoring the fact retail numbers are terrible. 
They're ignoring the ramifications in not just cities like Chicago, where Michigan Avenue is 30 percent vacant, but around the world, I mean, around the country, what's happening. And that's the problem with populism is it fails, but it, it, it fails in a way you can be selective about the information. And that's why there's such a push. You would listen to me, kid. There was a reason no one talks about that meeting that went down yesterday. That meeting between the Fed chair and Trump, the unscheduled meeting, is about continuing to keep the bubble of, 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 of corporate debt going. It's just, it's just diabolically terrible to me. Tom, thank you so much for calling the show. How are you? Hi, Sean. I'm well, thanks. Hey, I don't know if uh, you're going to be on before Thanksgiving, so uh, I wanted to take this opportunity to ask you a question. Sure. I'm going to be on tomorrow, but yeah, go ahead. Oh, okay. So, you know, with Thanksgiving, uh, many of the young people, your nieces and nephews, kids, they come back from, from college, and you're always concerned that some of them, and I'll say in our family, very few actually, but some of them have been uh, exposed to the so-called leftist indoctrination at campus. And they're young, and I feel that I have good persuasive skills, you know, to engage in a good conversation. But I wanted to ask you now, uh, my issue is three years into the uh, the current administration, when you get that distant um, relative at the table or in the room, and they've spent three years uh, being indoctrinated by noted intellectuals like Judge Jeanine, Sean Hannity, Lou Dobbs, Rudy Giuliani. Basically, they've formulated their opinions, uh, everything they know from watching Fox. Uh How do I get the adults back onto Earth? Well, I think you do it because you do it because you talk about the the one thing that they can't lie about, the continuing resolution that was just passed. You talk about the massive spending. You know what I do in that case? I pull up the usdebtclock.org, and I look at it, and I go over the numbers. Because if you ever really spend any time looking at that, that's the failure. And all the other fluff, the bubbles that we fund, and the, and the, and the massive ex- expansion in debt, those can be spun as... A good economy, as you heard uh, Stephen Moore do whenever he's on, or you have uh, Larry Kudlow come out and talk about how in the morning we have a trade deal, so the market rallies, then in the afternoon there's no trade deal after the market closes. So, you know, you, you, you talk the truth, and, you know, can you argue with the truth? Well, the Democrats have been doing it for 75 years. So, yeah, you're going to have an argument. But that's why, Tom, I play the clip of Jimmy Carter. I think it's one of the best memories of just how alarmist, how incompetent and how simply wrong they all are. Thank you, by the way, Tom, for calling the show. We need to have uh, a realization that we've got a, about 35 years worth of oil left in the whole world. We're going to run out. He said we have 35 years of oil in the whole world. It's 45 years ago, you stupid son of a dog. Yeah? Boy, were you stupid. Where is the big push to say you really didn't know what the hell you were talking about? Not a damn thing. And that's why, when you realize who exactly is elected to these offices, faces, faces and personas and personalities, these people aren't better than you. They're not better than truckers or Uber drivers or anybody. They're more connected. They have the right influence and they have the right people. That's it. The problem is we have idiots electing idiots, and that's a destination for failure. What's the moral fiber of the party should be the only thing we can work on.
That's why I, Ed Morrissey. What's the correct system? The most important politician in America is your congressman. Pay attention, damn it, and do something about it. People of Illinois elect these two idiots. Idiots. The girl doesn't even live here, Underwood. She doesn't even have an Illinois driver's license. All these suburban morons voted for Underwood. Sean Gaston. He's an heiress to a green scam. Green energy scam. What's his qualification? He's down with green energy. You've turned our air that we're breathing out into a pollutant. You, you, how could you let this happen? How did we let this happen? Idiots. Alarmists trying to panic us. Wrong for decades. Decades. We still hope. I hope they get it right. Take the power back. I'm going to tell you right now. Congress is the most. You can't fix any of these figurehead presidents they put in. And every four years, it's the same BS. It's a binary choice. Lesser of two evils. Every four years. And they're right. You put us into the most important election of our lifetime. I've been hearing that since my wife liked me. Are you kidding me? It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Because we don't correct what we should correct. The closest government to you is the congressman. That's the one to pay attention on. Why do you think these states run interference? Adam Kinzinger, he's bringing home the bacon for that subsidized district he's in. Fraud. There, and he's, he, that's an Illinois Republican? I mean, come on. Can't tell the difference between him and Gaston. You put Gaston in one of those jumpsuits, it's Adam Kinzinger, for God's sake. So ridiculous. All right, stop bloviating. Mike, thank you so much for calling the show. How are you, buddy? What's up, brother? Hey, how you doing, man? Good, good. Hey, Sean, I agree with you a lot of the times and with the national debt and all the other spending and stuff. But if this populism that Trump brought, um, I'm digging it, brother. For eight years, my economy sucked in the trade I was in, bro. See, but that's... $15,000 a year. It's now come back. Okay, this is And good. I'm this able to provide extra for my family. Okay, let's... And you're right about the Congress people. Adam Kensinger's a dope. Mm-hmm. So is this Lauren. So let me ask you, you're non-resident. In the... Let me ask you. You're, your, you're right on, bro. All right. Let me ask you your occupation. What is your field that you're that, that you're enjoying the populism? Service pipe fitter, brother. Five ninety seven. Conservative union pipe. And, and you know, a lot of us. Uh, listen, and that's my. I married into a union family. My father was a bricklayer union guy, but you do you do understand the main the union, and you know this. At least maybe it, it always was. The union itself runs on kind of a mob mentality. Oh. Right. Oh, hey, my brother. Yeah, they've been they were ripping us off for years, brother. <laughs> right, but until they had so much money, they're also using you know, their political. The had to step in, bro. Right, and they're also using their political influence to benefit only union yeah, people. They, so now I understand that well, benefits you, and I get that. And listen, I'm sure. Listen, first of all, what you do is incredibly hard. I'm not taking away from your work. I mean, I mean it. I, you know, I started out as a bricklayer. Work for a heavy equipment operator. I'm fully aware of how hard you work. I get it. But you do realize the reason that they need to protect those scams isn't necessarily your pay. It's so that there's enough float in there to, co- to carve out the corruption of paying those union bosses that have never been in that hole with you. That well, have it, never it, gotten it's dirty. It's a scam. With you. We know it. Yeah. But, okay, but, well. but the owner of my company is the one that's paying the, paying the bill on this, brother. I know. He's and, paying an absorbent but, amount of money per hour for my benefits. But so think we, about we, how we much. Get it. We, th- we know what it's all about, man. Thank you, Michael. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Thank Thanks, you, by brother. the way, for calling the show. Think about how much more that owner would be able to give Michael if he liked him. You know, but he's, he's hamstrung, too. So it's, it, I'm against unions, not because of the people like Michael. 
I'm against union because of the crime, the labor extortion racket that it is. Now, I understand uh, populism benefits a small few of us, and it does. But at the cost of the vast majority of us, the only difference between populism and socialism is populism lets you pretend you're free, or socialism lets you know you're part of the state. That's the difference. 312-642-5600. I am so upset. I just found out. we got men in shorts throwing balls at each other. They're going to take over in like eight minutes. That's it. I'm out of here at 630. All right. Well, tomorrow we're in. We got tomorrow. Deborah, thank you so much for calling the show. How are you? Hi, Sean. Good. How are you? Wonderful. I agree with you about Democrats and their alarmist attitude and the clip that you played from Jimmy Carter that we were going to run out of oil in 35 years, which was 45 years ago. Then there was the we're going to run out of food in the 70s and we're all going to starve to death. The planet won't be able to feed the population. That's my now, favorite one. forward to 10 years from now, we're all going to die because of CO2 emissions. And, like, what is China doing? We're a drop in the bucket. How They can't control. It's just totally ridiculous, and it's all meant to tug at people's heartstrings and make them scared. And then they turn their heads and think, well, you know, we're going to be saved by Democrats. I'm telling you, Deborah, Nietzsche was right. They could, You know, he, he died. He went insane, Nietzsche. But he had the, he had the, the right philosophy. There's a vast majority of, Amer- of, of people, of, of human beings, that want to have the mentality of, 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 of a slave so they could worship a demagoguery or a mission. And listen to when these people talk, how certain they are, they're right, even though everything you just said encapsul- encapsulates how wrong they've been and will continue to be. And their willingness to lie about data, right? All of it. So it's just, how do you break the chain? And, I, you know, I listen, I don't have the answer. I think, I think America started to break the tra- chain when they had a country that gave each citizen freedom, that gave them property rights. They tried. But look at over the course of our, our country how little we have left of that. I mean, you do realize we pretend that we're free. We pretend that we're capitalists. You can't point to freedom and you can't point to capitalism anywhere. You can, all you can point to is the fact we are just subservient of failures like, like Eric Swalwell, who can't get through an interview if, if he's gassy. We are all just servants of these guys. And when they do the things that we talk about on this show, when they do the continuing resolutions, when they do the massive spending, when they do the manipulation and tell me it's populism, how me, they don't care about the, the, the supply chains and the logistics and all of those people in those industries they immediately put out of business. They don't really care. They just care about being reelected. And that's a system that somehow, Deborah, we got to figure out how to get it back. And I appreciate you calling. And I, I, I'll tell you, I, can, I think I can even figure that out, kid. It's the money. Think about how diabolical it is that they clear the field just for money in politics. There are no limitations on it. In fact, there's even there's incentives to give it. Right. If you go through a lobbyist, it actually becomes a corporate expense. They figured out a way to make it more advantageous to be a part to the corruption than to fight it. Sound like Chicago? Sounds just like Chicago to me. It's easier to be a part of the corruption than fight it. And you know what? That's how you lose a nation. Verlon, thank you so much for calling the show. How are you, kid? 
I'm doing all right, brother. Okay. All right, I got a question for you. Mm-hmm. You got the Democrats that created a welfare state for losers to sit on their butts and get something for nothing. Mm-hmm. You, got a, you got the President Trump that at least tries to come, uh, come into the situation and give people that's been getting ripped off something back for, for the work that you put out. Then you got people like Hold Marco on. Rubio, Republicans Hold. like Marco Rubio, mm-hmm. that believes in some kind of identity warfare that, that your work's supposed to have some integrity. So the question is, who do you roll with? Yeah, well, here's, here's the other thing. You've you got to identify welfare. So first of all, I agree with your point that the the Democrat Party has figured out a way to corrupt the voter, right, through making it more advantageous to be uh, a, a recipient of government cheese than to be the one that pays for it. And you could argue that it's taken 50% of the country, and you'd be right because 50% of the country is on some form of welfare. And then you said you have Trump who wants to give back to the people. And like the tweet that he sent out two days ago where he said the farmers are going to get another round of, of, of money thanks to the tariffs. But what he's not telling you is that's welfare. He just gets to pick the welfare. So it's to the farmers or it's to the auto industry or it's to the bankers or it's to Wall Street or it's to. So let's identify what welfare is. And if we're going to reject it, which I want to do, by the way, let's reject every single aspect of it. And that's how you get a country back for Len. You get a country back because you can identify what the problem is. If you just pick who you want in control of the problem, then you get 2019, circa 2019, America, where all of the stuff that we pretended we hated when, with Obama in charge, we shut our mouths when you find out he's spending 13% more than Obama did in the same time period. 13% more, it's a lot. When you're talking trillions and trillions and trillions, where's the money? We'll go to Swalwell? Swalwell needs diapers. All right, Bob, hurry up. We got a minute, Bob, and I'm getting kicked off for men in shorts. What do you got, buddy? Hey, Bob, Ed, hey, I just appreciate your show today. You're oh. you're hitting on all cylinders. Thank you, brother. That that tape of Jimmy Carter just makes me sick. And I got to tell you, I was just at an eighth grade reunion, and one of the one of the topics is 1979. The 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 panic from politicians and the media was global cooling. Exactly. So it was a scam back then. It's a scam now. They were talking about the Ice Age in 1979, 40 years ago. Bob, I'm going to tell you something. The only good thing to come out of 1979 was the Cadillac Eldorado. Ooh, what a car that was, baby. They ran the chrome from the roof of the Brits all the way down to the front end. That's when GMs, they, they, you could get at least 70,000 miles out of them. Now you get seven. You've got to bring that son of a dog back to the dealer. You know why? UAW, Union. See? And what do we do? We could, have, we could have fought back all of the problems. Instead, you know what we do? We get bought off. Don't get bought off. So Thanksgiving, you know, I'm going to be here tomorrow, but, you know, and then I think next week. But Thanksgiving will be hard. Just don't get bought off. Stick to your fundamentals. Stick to the principles. And f- f- really, quite honestly, point out the lies. And if you do that, you're a bipartisan son of a gun. So you get along with the Democrats in your family. You get along with the Republicans in your family. But notice the similarities of their anger. And their devotion to people versus principles. I will be back tomorrow and we'll get a full show in. Are there anybody playing any balls? Anybody wearing spandex, throwing stuff tomorrow? No? All right, I get a good two hours tomorrow. We'll talk at you tomorrow. Thank you so much. For tickets, visit 4.